Please join me as I offer a prayer. Christ, you've gathered us together, O God, and we come here in honor and praise and worship to you. We come as one community to hear what you have to say to us today. May your message dwell in our hearts that when we leave this building, we are sent in your name. Amen. Well, whether you came here this morning alone or not, we are now here together not as individuals, nor are we here as members of our individual churches, nor even as representatives of our denominations, but we are gathered here as one people in Christ, who celebrate and share in the peace of Christ our Lord. And just as those people were sent, those followers of Jesus, so many years ago, we too are gathered to celebrate and share in that very same peace. Peace be in this house. Now, we've had to come inside because of the rain, and we've missed the opportunity to just gather in the streets, but I'm not really any stranger to water and rain, and and on our way in, I think Hillary might have made a joke about staying outside to preach, and I wouldn't have minded that too terribly much, except I don't think you would have enjoyed being baptized by the holy waters outside. But you see, we come from a family of swimmers. We have two daughters that were raised training in the pool, and so... Water is something that I'm used to and familiar with and enjoy, and we've, we've celebrated watching some of the Olympic trials this week. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch any of the sports this week. There's been all kinds of them on television with the Tour de France and Wimbledon and soccer and now the swimming Olympic trials. And I've celebrated how some of the great ones, like the Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte, are continuing to swim on in the Olympics. But it's been a really special year as we've watched some of our kids' friends go and swim in the trials. And for many of them, it's been just the pinnacle of a career, and they will retire. But for those that have gone on and will go on to the Olympics, to the Olympics, we celebrate the courage and the effort and the tenacity they've had to swim and train day after day and year after year and come to this point of success where they will be representing the United States in the Olympics. And we know that many of those who represent our country in the Olympics will go on to win medals there. And it's just a tremendous celebration of a great effort put in. We're no stranger, excuse me, we're no stranger to success in the church. Now, in the church, we have done some wonderful works, and we saw, going back into our reading today in ancient days, Jesus sent out 70. He didn't send out any more than that. He didn't send out 700 or 7,000, but by sending out just 70, fewer than we have here today, they started this wonderful tradition that we have that has grown and blossomed. And kind of like water dripping into a lake or the puddles on our street, That initial drop has spread and spread, and the ministry of the gospel has grown and grown, so that our churches have started up these wonderful ministries of hospitals and shelters and camps and schools for children. And then here in our very own churches, we have First Baptists, who weekly have a bread and pastry giveaway. And we have First Christian, who celebrate with with sharing in the Christmas Jubilee and a mitten tree. And we have St. John's, 
who have one of the largest food pantries in 16 counties, is that correct? And we have Trinity, who each year have done our back-to-school backpack giveaway and program for kids in August. And we have Brown Street, who have our family, uh, the Family Promise Ministries and the Community Gardens now. And I hope I'm not leaving anything out, but I sure, I sure am leaving things out. Probably your favorite ministries. But the point here being to lift up and celebrate some of the great achievements of what we're doing as disciples of Christ in the world today. But it's not always that good, and it's not always that pretty, and it's certainly not always easy. We are enthused and energized by our ministries, but very often many of us will go home and say, gosh, that was a wonderful service, but it is so hard being the church these days. It is really hard to bring in more people and reach new people in Christ, and we turn around and we try and measure our success by the number of people in the pews or the collection in our offering plates, or by new baptisms, or new memberships, or any of these numbers, and so often it can be disheartening for us in the church. We measure ourselves by these same criteria of success that so many other things in the world go by. Is it more and better? Is it bigger? Are we gaining or are we losing? Do we have more wealth or are we not improving in that category. Are we giving or are we receiving? You know, that's a really touchy one, giving or receiving, because we all know it's greater to give than receive, right? Well, sometimes maybe it's not. And the really great news in today's gospel lesson is we don't always have to be the ones giving. There is this wonderful ministry of being present and being open to receiving and of lifting up the other person that we encounter in the world so that we're not always measuring ourselves and we are not always performing as the one who is giving. It's not always up to us to be the ones giving. We don't own God. We will find God as we venture out into these other places. And the great liberating news for us in the church is not all of the business of being disciples of Christ is measurable by these standards of the world. There is this certain freedom that comes from just being the peace of Christ. There's no measurement to it. There's no more or less. There is a sense of being. Now, Jesus sent out those disciples. He said, don't wear sandals, don't take a bag, don't take any food. I want you to go out. I want you to go to these places I haven't been and encounter people. And when you encounter these people... Don't give them anything. Receive. Allow them to extend hospitality and receive you. And when you see them, wish them the peace. Bring the peace of Christ with you in the household and celebrate what you find. And no doubt when they stayed for months in these households, as the guests of the homeowners, as the guests of the household, they encountered the peace of Christ when they got there that God was present in those places before they even got there. And what they were able to celebrate was a sharing in the peace of Christ, a naming in the peace of Christ that said this revelation, this thing we celebrate together is God. And in you, I see the image of God. Now, you may not look like me. You may not be like me. You are not me. But in you, I see the image of God and the uniqueness of you as a person. 
And Jesus said, when you go out, you're going to find this, and you'll be able to celebrate this peace. Now, Barbara Brown Taylor, in one of her books, it's the altar in the world. She talks about the hermits from the ancient days who, in their devotion to God and Christ, went into the caves and isolated themselves in days of devotion and prayer and meditation. And it became popular for a little while to go and do that, so popular that the caves got busy. And she tells the story of one monk in particular who moved off into the caves in another area, 32 miles away, so that he could have some isolation and peace. But even this monk came back to the community periodically to celebrate. This monk came back for communion and worship and prayer to be a part of this community. But no doubt what she shares is one of the most important things and that this monk came back for was each time he gathered with the community, he would be reminded and freed from the temptation he might have had to think that he could do it alone, that he needed these people in the community, that to encounter the peace of Christ, he had to gather with others. She tells of another monk who in his devotion he wanted to discover the secret that God had to share with him. He felt there was a message coming to him. And so for more than a year he decided what he would do is fast. And he would only eat one day a week for that whole period of time. So he did that. He fasted and ate one day a week. And at the end of the year, God's revelation hadn't come to him. And he thought, okay, fine. I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go and talk to my brother. And as he went out from his place, the messenger of God came to him and said, now that you're going out to your brother, God's revelation will come to you. And so Barbara Brown Taylor expressed that she'd like to think he went to visit his brother monk anyhow, even though he realized that God's revelation comes to us when we go to discover it with others. It's not something we're going to find inside. And what else happens when we come to join with others is we begin to see the image of God in them, and we celebrate with them that they're not alone. And we all come, when we're in the company of others, to realize we're not alone. Ourselves, we see ourselves anew when we see ourselves reflected in another person. We are strengthened to be with one another. And we are seen. There is this wonderful gift in knowing that we've been seen when somebody comes to see us. And we learn something about who it is we are and who we're meant to be and what will happen in our future as we come to these new engagements, as we encounter one another and meet Christ in each encounter. Now, David Brooks is a columnist with the New York Times. And he was offering some advice to young people, and he said, young people will not find their passion, their true passion, by looking inside themselves and trying to develop something, trying to grow into a full person. He said, in order to really find your passion, you have to go out into the world and look at the world and find a need or an opportunity or a possibility that calls you into the world. And from that, you will discover yourself and you will grow into the person you need to be with passion for what it is you found. There's something in that for our churches. 
that when we look inside, we look inside at our assets and our resources, and we try and be the presence of Christ in the world, maybe we're not going to find it all. But there's this message in going out to encounter the other, that when we go to do that and we encounter and meet these other people in the world, that the presence of God we find in them, that God's messenger in them reveals to us our role in the world. So Jesus said, go out, leave, go to where I have not been, go ahead of me, and encounter those that are there. And when you encounter them, share in that peace of Christ. Now there's a fellow I want to introduce you to that I've met in our historic Jeff neighborhood. He's not here today, but his name is Leon. And I really, really enjoy meeting Leon when I go out for a walk around our neighborhood. You see, I go out to try and see who it is that lives around our church and what they're doing and what this community means to them. And sometimes there's a lot of people out in the street and sometimes there isn't, and I wonder what I'm doing here. But nevertheless, when it's the kind of day that somebody can be outside, Leon is outside. He sits in front of his fairly small house on his front balcony by himself, generally in a chair. And I started talking to Leon, and Leon is a retired drywaller. And he had arthritis in his hands, and he's actually on disability and can no longer work. But every time I go by Leon's house, Leon engages me. Leon extends to me hospitality and engages me in conversation. Now, it turns out, the last time I went by, Leon's brother-in-law and another friend of his and another were gathered on the balcony because I now know that Leon has brought in three of his grandchildren to live with him, and he's raising them now, too. But it's not that I bring the presence of Christ. It's that I am enriched by seeing the image of God in Leon every time I go by. And it strengthens me in ministry and life. And this is what lies for us out there. When we go out and seek to encounter God in the image of others, we're freed from any of this pressure to measure measure success. We're freed from these standards of the world that say how many and how much. And we go out and celebrate what God is already doing in the world. It's like the 70 that were sent out and came back, and it wasn't up to them to be doing things, but to be celebrating the peace of Christ. And when we look to do that, we find the harvest is so plentiful. God is at work in this world in all kinds of places. And God's presence in this world is so much bigger than we are. That God is still out there in front of us, working for our own purposes, but working in each other person too. So it's when we go out that we are built up in the image of Christ because we celebrate that where we meet up with it. And as we gather with others, we find God at work. So as we go out, and I encourage you as you go about your lives this week, as you go to the grocery store, as you visit with others that have attended this worship worship gathering, as you meet with your families, encounter them. See them. See who you are in their eyes. Celebrate our differences as we're made in the image of Christ. But see God in them as well, and celebrate the peace of Christ. Because as we go out, the harvest is still plentiful. 
And perhaps with each of us doing the work of Christ and celebrating that peace of Christ with others, the laborers will be plentiful too.